Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Jared Dawkins, and welcome to another episode of the I'm Just Saying podcast. I hope all of you have been continuing to stay safe. I hope all of you have continued to stay strong, and I hope all of you are continuing to socially distance yourselves based off of the social distancing requirements of whatever state that you may be living in. As as you all know, we are still in the middle of a pandemic. Things around each state in the world, in the United States more specifically, are slowly starting to open back up, but we are still in the middle of a pandemic. But with that being said, I digress. I hope all of you are enjoying the sports, and as we all know, football season is coming back up. As a football fan, I can't wait for that. But speaking of, speaking of fans, I want to give a congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks on winning their first NBA championship in 50 years. Congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis Antetokounmpo won his first ever NBA championship and NBA Finals MVP. Congratulations to the Deer District. And speaking of the Milwaukee Bucks, they are one of the things that has stood out to me thus far in sports. And I say that for this reason. The Milwaukee Bucks have proven to be another another example of a team that necessarily does not need stars to win a championship. Now, what I mean by that is, say a team in the NFL drafts and drafts and drafts and drafts and drafts for about a good two for about a good year, two year, maybe three year period. And then they go out and they add a veteran piece or two or three to that roster of young guys that they already have. The Kansas City Chiefs have done it. Okay? Kansas City's done it. The Baltimore Ravens are doing it now. The Seattle Seahawks did it. The Milwaukee Bucks just did it. The San Antonio Spurs did it for years. Drafted Manu Ginobili, drafted Tony Parker, drafted Tim Duncan, drafted David Robinson, drafted Kawhi Leonard. Then they brought in, then they then they would bring guys in like a Boris Diaw or like a Robert Ory or Bruce Bowen to add to that roster to eventually help them go on a dynasty run and win multiple championships. The Golden State Warriors. Drafted Steph Curry, drafted Klay Thompson, drafted Draymond Green. Then they would go, and then they would add an Andrew Bogut. They would add a, they would add a David West. They would also draft a Harrison Barnes. Then they would add an Andre Iguodala. They would add a Kevin Durant. They would add a Sean Livingston. They would draft a Quinn Cook, and they would and they would win three championships in a five year period. So. And then in in football, the Kansas City Chiefs, drafting Patrick Mahomes, drafting Tyreek Hill, drafting Travis Kelsey, drafting Demarcus Robinson, drafting Chris Jones, drafting Mitchell Swartz, drafting Eric Fisher. And then what did they do? They add a veteran piece or a couple veteran pieces like a Brashad Breeland, like a Tyran Matthew, like a Damian Williams. And what did they do? They went. They get to two Super Bowl. They get to two Super Bowls. Win one. Get and and they host three straight AFC Championship games. The Seattle Seahawks draft Russell Wilson. 
draft Cam Chancellor, draft Earl Thomas, draft Richard Sherman, draft Doug Baldwin. Then what do they do? Trade for they trade for a guy like Marshawn Lynch. They trade for Cliff Averill. And they and they end up going to two Super Bowls and winning one. Same thing with my Baltimore Ravens. Draft Jonathan Ogden. Draft a Ray Lewis. Draft a Chris McAllister. Draft a Dwayne Starks. Draft a Joe Flacco and a Ray Rice. And what do you do? You add a Tony Saragusta to the mix. You add a Shannon Sharp to the mix. You add a Trent Dilfer to the mix. Or in in the in the Ravens case in 2012, you add or, or two, from 2009 to 2012, you added Nanquan Bolden, you added Jacoby Jones, you added Bernard Pollard, you add Evonta Leach, and you end up winning a championship because of it. But you guys get my point. You guys get my point with all of these examples that I've thrown out to you: the Baltimore Ravens, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Seattle Seahawks the Golden State Warriors, the Chicago Bulls, draft Michael Jordan, then you draft Scottie Pippen, then you bring Dennis Rodman on, you bring Tony Kukoc in from, 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 from international play, and you, and, you, and you win six championships. So you don't necessarily need a bunch of stars to win a title. That's, it's good. It's great to have. It's a good thing to... To, to say, okay, we have these stars on the team, now we can fill out the rest of our roster, but at the end of the day, the Milwaukee Bucks are just another another example full of other examples that I just gave you guys where you don't necessarily need a bunch of stars on one squad to win a championship, and not only that, there's no guarantee that even if you have a bunch of stars on your roster, that you're going to win a title anyway i.e. the Brooklyn Nets this year. I didn't think Brooklyn was going to win the championship anyway. But they damn sure looked like they could win it next year. But, like I said before, and I'm going to say it again, I say all of that to say Milwaukee is just simply another example of a team that built their team through the draft. They developed those guys. They, and then, and then, uh, they developed guys like Chris Middleton. They developed guys like Giannis. They developed guys like Pat Connaughton. They developed guys like Dante DiVincenzo. And then what did they do? They brought in a P.J. Tucker. They brought in a Jeff Teague. They brought in a Bobby Portis. They brought in a Brooke Lopez. Veteran guys. So they had a good mix of veteran guys. They, brought, they traded for a Drew Holiday. They brought in a good mix of veteran guys and young guys to help them eventually get a championship. And now their run in Milwaukee could continue moving forward if they continue down the path that they're doing now. As far as continuing to continuing to have that chemistry and now they have not and now that they have a championship, they have that urgency to want to get another one and then another one after that and then another one after that. But next up ladies and gentlemen, I want to talk about Devontae Adams and the Green Bay Packers very quickly. As we all know, the Aaron Rodgers situation with the Green Bay Packers has now kind of, I want to say it's bled over into Devontae Adams and the Green Bay Packers. 
But hear me out with this real quick. I'm going to give you a reason as to why I think this Devontae Adams, Green Bay Packers situation, it's not going to end too well for either side. According to a report, Report, Devontae Adams and Packers break off new contract talks, sides in quote-unquote bad pl- in a bad place. According to Aaron Rappaport, it's not just Aaron Rodgers. The Packers and star wide receiver Devontae Adams have broken off long-term extension talks. There are no current plans to resume them. The two sides have been negotiating for months, but they are now in a bad place, sources say. First the QB, now the number one wide receiver. And then Ian Rappaport responded to his his own tweet, I guess. He says, the Packers and Devontae Adams reps worked behind the scenes to get a deal done. The proposals have not not acknowledged Adams as the highest paid wide receiver, sources say. Green Bay's classic structure has, has led to limited options. Now talks are off with just a few days to go before camp. Here's my Here's my opinion on this entire situation. And I'm going to just keep it as simple as this. I don't believe Aaron Rodgers is going to is going to show up this season and play at all for the Green Bay Packers. I I really I honestly don't think he will. And now with this situation with DeVonte Adams and and the Green Bay Packers not wanting to continue contract negotiations negotiations and then being in quote unquote a bad place Here's what I ultimately believe is going to happen, and it's just and it's just as simple as this: If Aaron Rodgers plays this season, Devontae Adams is going to play out the last year of his contract. If Aaron Rodgers does not come back this season for the Green Bay Packers and he does not play, the Green Bay Packers will trade Devontae Adams. And I and here's why and here's why I believe they're going to trade him. I agree. If anybody out there truly believes that Green Bay is just going to let Devontae Adams walk into free agency and they get nothing back for him, you're delusional if you believe that. I don't I don't see any way on God's green earth that if Aaron Rodgers does not play this season, that Devontae Adams just pretty much says, okay, yeah, well, I'm going to play too. Devontae Adams is at, a, is at a point in his career where he's not going to want to be a part of a rebuilding situation. Whatever team Devontae goes to next year, because I don't believe he's going to come back to Green Bay now. Whatever team Devontae Adams decides to go to next year, he's going to want to go to a team that is in position to contend for a championship. Devontae Adams is not going to want to be a part of a rebuilding process. So, in my opinion... And I'm going to say this again. If Aaron Rodgers comes back and plays in, during the 2021 season, you're going to see Devontae Adams. If Devontae Adams, if, if, if Aaron Rodgers decides not to play the 2000, during the 2021 season, it would not surprise me one damn bit if the Green Bay Packers decide to trade Devontae Adams and try to get something back for him. It would not surprise me one damn bit if they do that. Because once you're in, once you're in a situation like Devontae Adams and the Green Bay Packers are in, connect and, and 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 then you look at the situation that Aaron Rodgers is in, you can kind of put two and two together. But again, that's just my thoughts on that. Coming up next, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to talk about the Texas Longhorns and the Oklahoma Sooners. 
potentially joining the SEC and why the SEC and why I believe it's not really a smart move for neither program. That's coming up. Stay tuned. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. I really wonder how many of you out there like college football. How many out? How many of you out there love the game of college football? Me personally, I love the game of college football. I love it just as just as much, if not more, than the NFL. But then again, it's football, so who cares? Football is football. High school, college, pro doesn't matter. But I digress. Which brings me to college football. Which brings me, which also brings me to a report that I saw recently that features two of probably the top 10 or 15 college football programs in the country. The Texas Longhorns and the Oklahoma Sooners from the Big 12. According to a CBS Sports report by Dennis Dodd, Big 12 powers Texas and Oklahoma inquire about joining the SEC and potentially and potentially massive realignment shakeup. Here's an excerpt from this article. Citing a high-ranking college official with knowledge of the situation, the Houston Chronicles Brent Zwornman first reported that the SEC could announce the additions of the Longhorns and Sooners within a couple of weeks. Quote, unquote, there is way too much smoke at this point, one Big, source, one big 12 source tells CBS Sports. The Longhorns are expected to inform the Big 12 that they do not plan to extend their grant of media rights deal within the conference, according to stadiums Brett, uh, according to stadiums Brett McMurphy, who also reports that there is mutual interest about having Texas and Oklahoma join the SEC. The Big 12's grant of rights agreement expires in two in 2025. Here's my honest opinion about this situation. As we all know, Years and years ago, around eight years ago, if you're a diehard college football fan like I am, we all know eight years ago, well, now nine years ago, excuse me, that the Missouri Tigers and the Texas A&M Aggies left the Big 12 to go to the SEC and didn't really understand the move at that moment and I and. Still don't kind of understand it till this day, but at the end of the day, it's not for me to understand as a college football fan. But I, but I can guarantee you this: one of the reasons why those two programs did it was not only for notoriety reasons and to be more noticeable to a lot of college football fans around the country, or just just football fans in general. But they also did it obviously for money reasons. Here's why I believe, in my opinion, and this is just me, why I don't believe this is a good move for Texas and Oklahoma. Number one, over the last, I'd say over the last 16 years, I'd probably say, with the Texas Longhorns, the last two times that the Texas Longhorns played in the national championship game was when they did what? Win the Big 12. 2005, won the Big 12 championship, 
played USC, in my opinion, it played played USC in what was my opinion the greatest college football game ever ever be ever to be played. And then 2009, four years later, played Nebraska in the Big 12 championship game. That was the team that had Ndamukong Sue on it, and won that game, won the big, won that Big 12 championship game, and went to the national championship game and lost to Alabama. And now, and then with Oklahoma, four four the last of the last four college football semifinal playoff games. Oklahoma's been in two of them against Georgia in 2018 at the Rose Bowl and against LSU last year. And what did Oklahoma go into those semifinal playoff games as? The Big 12 champion. Now, in my opinion, I could totally be wrong on all of this. And at the end of the day, if I'm wrong on this, then 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 it is what it is at the end of the day. But I can I can probably give you guys two reasons as to why Texas and Oklahoma are doing this or could potential or could potentially officially make this happen down the line or sooner than a lot of us probably think. Number one reason is obviously because of money. That's 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 the that's the that's the number one out of all of them. Number two, I believe one of the re- I, I, me personally, I believe another one. I believe another one of the reasons why they did this, or why these programs are doing this, is because of the simple fact that they are probably looking at the position that they are in as far as the Big Twelve and thinking to themselves, we cannot get to the college football playoff just simply being the Big Twelve champion. Because think about this: in the college football playoff, more than likely. Three spots are going to be taken up by two SEC teams and one Big Ten champion. More than likely. And that last spot is going to be reserved, possibly, for the Big 12 champion. So and then and then and then here's the and then here's the bad part about that. Even if you win the Big 12, there's no guarantee that you get into the college football playoff. So it's not just money. Texas and Oklahoma are probably looking at this and thinking, if we go to the SEC, we have probably a more we have probably more of an advantageous chance of getting to the big of getting to the college football playoff and getting to the national championship game if we go to the SEC and we don't even have to win our damn conference to get there. Because think about this, ladies and gentlemen, think about this. In 2018, when Alabama and Georgia played in the played in the Big Twelve played in the excuse me played in the college football national championship game, think about that. Georgia didn't win the big. Georgia did not win the SEC that year. Alabama did, but Georgia didn't. Two SEC teams took up two of those four college football playoff spots. Now, here's the thing about this. Here's the thing about this too. Now with the playoffs being with the college football playoff being expanded to 12 teams now, Texas is probably also looking at this and thinking, yeah, yes we have we've had success in the Big 12, but us going to the SEC can now also give Texas and Oklahoma chances to go up against an Alabama, to go up for Texas to go up against an Auburn, for Texas to go up against 
of Missouri for Texas to go to for Texas to renew a rivalry with Texas A&M for Oklahoma to go up against an Auburn for Oklahoma to go up against Alabama in a rematch of their college football semifinal game from a couple years ago. But not only that, I believe Texas and Oklahoma are doing this to challenge themselves. Because think about this. In the Big 12 right now, who's running the Big 12? Texas and Oklahoma. Texas and and Oklahoma are the only two teams that are running the Big 12 at this point. Baylor's not doing anything. The last time TCU was relevant as far as being a top dog in the Big 12 was when they was when they run the was when they won the Rose Bowl 10 years ago. But outside of that, outside of those reasons that I just gave you guys, money reasons, advantageous purposes, having fresh new matchups as far as Texas and Oklahoma goes, it going into the Big Twelve, and them, and then not only that, them challenging the Texas and Oklahoma wanting to challenge themselves and be more noticeable and even more bigger and recognizable than what they already are. At the end of the day, bottom line, it all comes down to money. It's just that simple. At the end of the day. But that's my thought on that. Next up, ladies and gentlemen, I want to talk about the Phoenix Suns and Chris Paul very quickly. In my opinion, I believe the Phoenix Suns will probably let Chris Paul walk in free agency. I really think they will. Chris Paul really did not play well in a couple of these games in the NBA Finals against Milwaukee. And not only that, Chris Paul is 36 years old. I don't think Phoenix is going to want to give Chris Paul... Even now, I don't think Phoenix. I don't think. I don't even think Phoenix is going to want to give Chris Paul a three-year deal. They're going to probably want to give him a two-year deal with an option for a second year. And if and and this is just my opinion. This is just me. If Phoenix wants to get back to the NBA Finals, they're going to have to go get a guy like a Bradley Beal, or they're going to have to get a semi-star that's equal to Bradley Beal. But they're not going to get back to the NBA Finals with the current roster that they have now. It's just not going to happen. But so it's just it's just as simple as this. Chris Paul takes a two-year deal. He stays with Phoenix. If he asks for anything more than that, at his age, if I'm Phoenix, I let him walk. That's just my opinion, and that's just the way that I believe it'll go with Phoenix, in my opinion. Because Chris Paul looked old at certain points in this series. He looked old because, obviously, he's been injury-prone a lot during his career, and he's getting old. So, But at the same time, you don't want to... You don't want to not on I don't want to say you don't want to rock the boat with Chris Paul, but you don't want to insult the man neither, but you also want to be reasonable. And that's why I believe you need to be reasonable when it comes to coming up with a contract extension for a guy like Chris Paul who helped you, who led you to the point that you got to as far as the NBA as far as the NBA finals goes. So that's my whole thought on Chris Paul. And that's my whole thought, and that's my whole thought on the Texas Longhorns and the Oklahoma Sooners potentially joining the SEC. But coming up next, ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. It's going to be time for me to leave you with something to think about. Stay tuned. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. You know what time it is. It's time for me to leave you with something to think about. Maria Taylor, Joy Taylor, Carrie Champion, Jamel Hill, Kimmy Checks, Alex Curry, Jenny Taft, Cynthia Freeland, Kay Adams, Kimmy Checks, L. Duncan. Why do I bring up all of these ladies' names? I bring up all of these ladies' names because of the simple fact that these ladies are in the positions that they are in, not just because they look good, because them looking good is on a long list of reasons as to why those la- these ladies got the positions that they got. These ladies are in the positions that they that they're in because number one, they busted their asses to get to the positions that they're in. Number two, the networks that hired them obviously appreciate their opinions and know what and they and they know and those networks know that these ladies know what the hell that they're talking about. Okay? And number two, or or, or excuse me, number three, these ladies have either played sports or they've been in been in the sports talk business for a long, long period of time, i.e. Joy Taylor played basketball, ran track. Maria Taylor played basketball. Stacey Dales played basketball. So this is a situation where there are, and I've seen this happen too, there are a lot of douchebag males on Instagram or Twitter. Whenever a woman like a Kimmy checks or whenever a woman, and there are men out there who do this, or when a woman like Cynthia Freeland gives her projections and her opinions about how many wins that she projects that a team or or a certain number of teams will get during a season you'll have you'll have 20 maybe 30% of the males who comment on Cynthia Freeland's post you don't know football you don't know what the hell you're talking about are you smoking something what is wrong with you stop talking about football you don't know what you're talking about if she did not know what she was talking about, the NFL Network wouldn't have hired Cynthia Freeland to begin with. Bottom line is that if if FS1 didn't feel like Joy Taylor knew what she was talking about, or they didn't feel like Joy Taylor was qualified enough to talk about sports, she wouldn't be on TV. Now, there are women out there, I'm going to say this, there are women out there who aren't on TV, who play sports, who are just normal 9 to 5 women, and she she knows what the hell she's talking about, because she's either watched sports for a long, long period of time, or or she played it in high school and college. Shout out to all of you ladies who aren't on TV, who play sports. And who know what the hell you're talking about and can give your honest, straightforward opinion about a certain sport that that either your guy friend or your or your husband or your boyfriend can able can be able to sit back and say, you know what? I respect that opinion. You know what? You know what? You're right about that. You're right about that. Instead of just shunning her opinion off because she's a woman. Actually sit back and listen and appreciate it. Now, there are a lot of women out there. I will say this, ladies. There are a lot of, there are a lot of women out there who have absolutely no clue what the hell they're talking about as far as sports. 
men, you'll probably agree with me on this too. There are a lot of women out there who don't know what the hell they're talking about as far as sports, who just watch sports to see the good looking cute guy who who is wearing football who who, who is wearing football pants who got a nice ass. So bottom line is this at the end of the day. To all of those women that I just named you guys, that I just named, that I just gave to you guys, and to all of those women out there who aren't on TV, who know what the hell y'all talking about. Respect to all of you. I love you and I appreciate you so much. This is this is not a women empowerment rant that I'm going on, fellas. So don't even think of it as that. This is just me simply giving all of you ladies out there who are on TV and who are not on TV the respect that you deserve. And to all you douchebag ma- uh, douchebag males out there who can't who can't handle a woman giving her own opinion on on a sport or sport, whether she's on TV or not, get over yourself and check your ego at the damn door. Okay. Get over yourself because these ladies, whether you're on TV or you're not on TV, they've earned the right to give their opinion on sports. Respect it and appreciate it. And that's all I got to say about that. Thank you for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen, to another. Thank you for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen, excuse me, to another episode of the I'm Just Saying podcast. I'm your host, Jared Dawkins. Continue to stay safe. Continue to be strong. Continue to follow the social social distance requirements that are still possibly going on in this world nowadays because we are still in the middle of a pandemic thank you for listening thank you for tuning in i'm out peace